Welcome to my podcast. I am so excited about today's interview because it's really a testament to the positive potential of social media to connect people and resources and spread great ideas to a much larger audience. In fact, that's how I got to know Tim, today's guest. Tim Fargo is an entrepreneur. He's a two-time Inc. 500 winner, an international speaker, and a best-selling author. He's president and CEO of Social Jukebox, a social media content management system that allows users to spend less time scheduling and more time interacting and adding value with their uh, followers. I'm an avid user, and it's made a huge difference in our business. It frees me up to build relationships like the one I'm building with Tim. Tim wrote the Amazon best-selling book, Alphabet Success, which distills the business and leadership lessons he's learned through his journey of building and leading several highly successful companies. Tim's on my Twitter lists of social media gurus and inspiring quotes. Welcome to podcast, Tim. Nate, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Tim, before we dive into our main topic, I'd love to hear a little bit from you beyond the formal introduction. What do you want people to know about yourself and what you're passionate about? Um, I'm the father of triplets, so pray for me. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, that's, that's actually, um, I mean, that's probably been, uh, my, my second project for the last 17 years is, is raising those kids who, um, be spending the holidays with here shortly. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that in line with our, what we're probably going to be talking about, um, I think I'd like to be known, um, as somebody who did the right thing because ultimately, you know, down the road, I'll be gone and my you know, I'd like my kids if they run into some the kids of someone who worked with me in some way or another down the road. Um, I'd like them to hear something like, you know, I thought your dad was a good guy. You know, I heard your dad was a good guy. Um, that means a lot more to me than like, you know, add the zero to like the net worth and stuff like that because it's nice to be able to sleep at night and not have to look over your shoulder. Oh, that's neat. How old are your triplets? They're 17. Wow. Wow. So uh, our topic of social media today, do you interact a lot with them using different social media? You know, it's so funny. I know so much more about social media than my kids do, with the possible exception. They're ahead of me on Snapchat, but that's probably about it. Well, that's probably atypical. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. I think they might even avoid it because I'm so kind of um, all over it. Yeah. I don't want to, you don't want to be too much like dad. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. And, uh, well, so turning towards our topic for today, you know, one of my areas of interest and my listeners know this is that I'm really passionate about positive conflict, how we transform the negative energy of drama into something more creative and transformational. I occasionally blog about politics and international affairs. So I get up close and personal with some of the drama out there. But, you know, this year is really unique because we're approaching the holiday season in the wake of one of the most divisive presidential campaigns in U.S. history. You know, tensions are high, relationships are strained, and and the prominence of social media has really reached new heights. I mean, our president-elect is tweeting every day. So everywhere you look, someone's tweeting about this, posting fake news about that, trying to spread the drama. It's easy to get hooked. You know, I, I recently got hooked by a post from a relative of mine and I said some things I'm not proud of. Now I have to face them at the family reunion. <laughs> so I thought to myself, 
What could be better than finding a social media guru and a beacon of positive energy out there can give us some wisdom um, on what to do. So I'd love to hear from you uh, and share with our listeners today on turning social media drama into positive energy at the holidays. I'd like to get your perspective real quick. What do you see out there? Anything concerning you? Well, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, there are definitely people who, I mean, I could, I have the most positive tweets as you probably know. And, um, and I have people, people that turn them into something against the Clinton campaign or against the, you know, uh, the president elect against Donald Trump. Um, and, you know, and, and that's been going on for the better part of a year. Uh, and I mean, if I comment at all when people are writing stuff like that, I mean, I usually ask them if they think that was actually really the point of what I was writing um, or with a quote I put out. Um, and so I, mean, I see all this energy out there. And I mean, I think, you know, one of the things behind almost any conflict is, you know, when people express their view, I mean, they, they're wanting to be heard. Yeah. Um, and, and I think sometimes it, it, you know, maybe it takes a little extra empathy, but, um, most people don't get up in the morning with the sort of mandate that they're going to make you miserable. Um, now <laughs> unintended consequence might be that you, they might make you feel that way a little bit, but, um, I think sometimes just, you know, like asking people questions, um, that can get them to self-reflect a little bit, on, you know, like what, like someone might say, you know, I think Hillary Clinton is X, Y, Z. Say, well, why do you think that? I said, I don't know, no, no. So, and, um, okay, well, you know, I mean, what exactly do you want me to do about it? <laughs> um, and I think sometimes people are just venting, you know, that uh, I think a lot of us, you know, we want to have our, you know, we all want to have our way, right? Um, and I, and I guess we want to be heard. Um, and, and that probably accounts for, I think some of the, the level of, um, like people who just bang on the drum because they're just like, you know, they, they want to let people know. And, um, you know, they, I don't know. I may, sometimes I think people don't realize that, you know, maybe the people on the other side are as, you know, like at least in my case, I mean, I was pretty ambivalent going into this election. Um, and that might sound really convenient, but it's the truth. Um, you know, frankly, and it wasn't because I found remarkable things about both people. It was more because I didn't really like have a great deal of love for either side. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, but by virtue of that, I can also see what people found appealing on both sides, right? What the arguments were on both sides. Um, and, and I think that sometimes if you just keep an open mind, it doesn't mean changing yours. Um, but just realizing that maybe somebody just wants to share their opinion, um, and just kind of let it go at that. You don't, you know, you don't have to even, there's a, there's actually a tweet I have. Um, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. Um, so. Well, that's, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by what you said because so often when I talk to people that, that are experiencing kind of this drama on social media, they say that either, Either they get hooked like I did, and then they spout off their opposing belief, or they just avoid it altogether and don't participate. And it sounds like you're suggesting that there might be a way to actually engage and turn it into a conversation rather than a battle. Yeah, I don't think most people really want to fight. 
you know, I'm, I mean, there are exceptions, right? I mean, there's always people who like really thrive on that. But I think a lot of people just, they want to be heard. You know, they want to know that, that you, like, you don't, maybe they don't even necessarily want you to agree with them. They just want it, you know, they just want to be heard. Um, I guess we all want that. I mean, it's like, you know, remember like my kids, not that long ago, they were small. I mean, the most common thing you hear, you know, from your own kids and the kids of others is, you know, you know, mommy, daddy, watch me, watch me, watch me. You know, everybody wants to kind of like have their moment as a center of attention. So maybe that's part of what's going on. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for people where, where maybe I'm reading something on social media by someone I care about, someone I want to engage with, but the way that they said it seems to be so adversive, adversarial, um, or so bold and blunt. How do I respond without getting hooked? Um, my two cents is if, if you don't feel like you can respond in a way that's going like, to create a positive conversation, then you probably shouldn't engage at all. Um, and I know that's like really hard to do sometimes or it can seem hard to do, but if we just turn our focus to something else and I'm, and I guess I always ask myself the question when I'm presented with something like this, you know, what am I really trying to get done here? You know? And like, so if, if somebody's supporting an idea that I don't agree with, um, me screaming at them is highly unlikely to change their mind. So I think, you know, sometimes, like, let's say, for instance, like you said, if it's someone who you care about and they're a friend, I think sometimes just listening. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, in this past election season, I've had friends all over the political landscape telling me all kinds of interesting things. And I just try to find, you know, their point of view and, uh, and listen to them and, and just leave it at that. And very often they don't really ask for my agreement. Um, they just wanted to tell me, so I just let them tell me. That's neat. I, I, I like your message about people want to be heard and that maybe the way they go about it and say it isn't always the most inviting, but at, at the end of the day, they want, they want to feel respected, they want to feel heard, and if we can contribute in a way to just listen or to ask curious questions, uh, that might be the most helpful way um, short of short of not getting involved if you're going to make a mistake like I did with that relative. Well, and I do, though. I mean, I think a buddy of mine and I were talking about how, um, you know, people put out these posts. And I sometimes think that people really earnestly want to show others something that will change their mind. Um, and in my experience, I mean, you've got to be a pretty articulate person um, to be able to achieve that. Um, and allow, allowing the other person to be heard is always kind of a, the, 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 the easy way to let the pressure off. Do you have, you're a really positive person and, and you, you were mentioning that your tweets, you really try to do positive stuff. What, uh, if I'm, if I'm on social media and I'm involved and I want to be a positive presence or I want to be the kind of person that is, is adding energy to the world instead of sucking it away. What tips or strategies or advice do you have uh, for people like that that want to make a positive influence on social media? I think, um, and it's one of the things that's really helpful about me um, having developed Social Jukebox as a tool because obviously I'm a user as well. Um, so I, I, I really carefully curate the quotes and things that I put out and the material I put out because um, I'm not spending a lot of time posting. Um, and... And I try to find things. I mean, 
and sometimes I would say even some of my posts haven't been necessarily always positive. Like, um, I'm trying to remember who said this. Everyone thinks of the changing the world, but no one thinks of changing themselves. Um, which isn't necessarily like highly positive, but it does cause you to like stop for a second and think about, yeah, maybe before I decide to tell everyone else how they should live, maybe I should like try to live, you know, a, a life that would pass muster myself. Mm. Um, so, and, but to, to more like accurately answer your question, I think, you know, you, you kind of pick a message that you want, you pick a message you want to represent you. Um, and then and you kind of curate and create content around that idea um, rather than <clears throat> letting the sort of tides of the day dictate what you're going to post. I mean, I'm posting strategically in a sense because that's what I want to put out. Um, so even if I'm having a little bit of a challenging day, it's not going to be well, you know, let me grab some horrible stuff because I want everyone else to be miserable like me. Um, you know, that, that I wouldn't be that way anyhow, but I mean, the temptation would never rise because I'm using a tool that kind of allows me to pre-plan what I'm putting out into the world. Well, that, that is a really, really interesting point. And I, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more about social jukebox here in a second, but what you're saying is that if we if we are if our only involvement in social media is kind of reactive in the moment, it's a little bit tougher to be strategic and planful about who we want to be and what kind of a presence we want to have. Um, you know, we know we don't think as clearly in the heat of the moment as we do when we're at our best selves. And I can person I personally know that you know my my best most focused time in the morning where I'm thinking about you know what kind of a person I want to be, if I'm scheduling tweets or posts on Facebook, for example, at that time of the day, the stuff I'm putting out there is so much more wholesome. And whenever it posts, it's the best represent, it's the best um, version of myself out there. And so I really appreciate you, you talking about that. Well, to the extent that we can self-edit, um, which not everyone else is doing, but 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 we can, but we can. Um, so, and then. You know, I mean, in terms of engaging, you know, on, on social media, because I'm not a, a big advocate of just broadcasting, uh, even though that's sort of what the tool does. Um, you know, I think you can, by having your post pre-planned, then you can also be strategic about your reactions um, to people. Because I get, I mean, I get some people that like really throw some content, contentious comments at posts and. I mean, sometimes my reaction is just no reaction at all. I just sort of let it go because I, I, I mean, if the person is definitely trolling, um, you know, and they just, they're just looking for like, they just want to fight. I, I'm just not, you know, I, I I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage there because, you know, I'm not a counselor. Right. Right. At the risk of oversimplifying, there, there are people that maybe use social media more for just relationships and, and broadcasting and seeing what's going on out there. And then there are others that use it a little bit more strategic, maybe even for a specific business type of purpose. Are there, is there anything more about the distinction that you'd want to share with the listeners? You know, you're not a big fan of using social media to broadcast. And some of the listeners might be saying, well, 
you know, I get I get pre-planning my my tweets or my posts if I have a strategic purpose, but I just like to see what my friends are doing out there. Is well, no, I, and I think that's fine. Um, but I think that anytime you're posting anything, I think I think in life, you know, there there is a value to being strategic, right? Because ultimately, you know, there's a Tony Robbins. I think he's the one who said it. You know, you can you can be right or you can get what you want. And they're not very often. They're they're not the same thing. Mm. You know, you can you can be absolutely right. You can have the best point in the world, but does it serve your interest in that moment, or does it serve your interest, you know, in the greater scheme of things? And I think, you know, it's the difference between at, at the risk of you know maybe offending anyone. I mean, you know, sometimes you know you you have to avoid taking kind of the childish impulsive move. And take a step back and go. Where where am I? Where do I want this to end? You know, I mean, it's the old Stephen Covey thing. You know, be kind of begin with the end in mind. And if if the answer is this is going to go nowhere, well, then probably the answer is not to take the first step. I mean, even though it might be personal, like if somebody insult, like if one of my friends insulted me on Facebook, I'd probably back channel it. You know, I'd probably take it into a private message. I wouldn't I wouldn't respond to them in an open forum if I was upset. Mm. Um, and I, and I would, and, and even in the, in the back channel, in the, in the kind of a private message, I'd still try to be diplomatic because, you know, most things, I mean, I had a thing happen with programmers that work on social jukebox and I was livid, but you know what? I kept asking questions and I found out that I just misunderstood what they were telling me. <laughs> I mean, I was mad enough to like, just go, what you're fired. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, that was like, that feeling was in my head. But the reality was, I just didn't understand. Like, you know, they're they're in they're in Eastern Europe, and so there's a language barrier. And I, I thought, you know, let me just ask a little bit more here. Yeah. And it, and all of a sudden, I went, I went from massive problem, massive problem to there is no problem, there is no problem. Yeah. Just yeah. by asking a couple questions. So. All right. So, are there is there. In that situation, it was a pretty heated situation. You went back channel, asked questions, resolved it all online, all virtually. Are there are there ever situations where you should absolutely get off social media, pick up the phone, or walk over and talk to that person? Do not try to do it any longer. Oh, I would say there's plenty of situations like that. Um, especially, if, I mean, if the relationship is valuable to you, it's sort of just because you can... You know, I mean, and that's the challenge we all have with all the technology we have in our phones and stuff now, right? Just because you have all these things that will, you know, like I have a whole, you know, massive number of apps on my phone, but it doesn't mean I need to need to be using them all the time. Um, so, because uh, what's that expression? Um, to a man with a hammer, everything's a nail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> If you got into the trouble on social media, maybe maybe the way out is maybe you need a different way to get out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if it's somebody you know, and especially if it's somebody you care about or care about knowing in the future, um, you know, a little bit of, you know, clarification um, where people can hear your intonation and your intent through your voice and, and so on could be really helpful. Yeah. Do you have any other tips just some real basic best practices for dealing with conflict and negative energy over social media. The best rule is 
if you have even a sliver of a doubt, a sliver, actually, if, you, if you're mad, if you're mad, walk away. Walk, walk away from the keyboard, put down your phone, go outside and look at a bird flying through the air. Do anything but respond because it, you, you won't respond rationally. I can't think of very many remarks I made when I was angry that I'm proud of. Mm, that's great. Great advice. Great advice. So I'm, I'm curious. Do you, are you uh, being into social media and, and with what you do, are, are you a sucker for watching what, what's been going on with um, Trump and Twitter? Does that, are you curious or do you have any comments on that you'd like to share? Um, I, I, look, I think one of the things that's really fascinating and actually they were interviewing, um, I can't remember the woman's name, but I think it was an NPR, um, broadcast or something. And they were, um, a woman was interviewing Leon Panetta, um, and Dick Cheney and, um, Dick Cheney actually made a great comment and it was cause the woman was talking about social media and he said, well, Trump's cut you guys out. He doesn't need you anymore. And there's a lot of truth in that. Regardless of what you think of the man, that, yeah. that comment is dead on. Um, you don't need to go, you know, Trump doesn't need to hold a press conference. His press conference is on Twitter. Mm. You know, you can, it, as, as a public figure now, you can, if you have, especially if you have the means to have like even something close to a studio, you can broadcast a Facebook video. Um, you can go direct. Um, and I mean, there's opportunities there, right? For, especially for Trump. I mean, he's got an unfiltered message with no critique. The critique has to come later. There's no one asking questions or, you know, browbeating him in the middle of whatever, like a statement or something. Um, you know, he can craft his message and send it out. And so, he can get instant feedback on its, its how it was taken and how it was received with sure. likes and retweets it, and everything else. Well, I mean, like all these things, I mean, you know, the opportunity is that you've got this direct channel, right? And I think the challenge is, um, you know, very often, you know, you're either, you know, you're either getting like slavish praise um, or you're, you're getting, you know, um, heated, you know, disagreement um, and not probably. And even if you don't agree with him, I mean, I think a lot, at least because I've looked at some of the comments because I was curious, like when he posts, like, what do people reply? Um, and. Most of it is either like, you're awesome, you're the best, or it's a bunch of the words that I'm not going to repeat on your podcast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it, you could, you could also argue that there's a, there's a lot of feedback, but, but it, but it seems very noisy. Um, so, but it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely created an opportunity. I mean, people that can have a voice now, like never before. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people really doubt that, but, but the age of the superstar is fading. Um, and there's much more of a rise of like a lot of like popular, but not quite as well known, um, people, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot more entertainers, you know, even on TV, I think there's, there's more TV series being developed now than any other time in history. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do, I think it's all this stuff is a byproduct of just massive changes in the distribution of media. 
um, and 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 that includes social media. Yeah. And you can reach out to your audience. You know, if you if you're trying out a song and you're thinking about like, do I want to put this on my next, um, you know, call it an album? We'll go back to the days of vinyl, right? Um, but you know, you you could put you know you could put out a few bars of a song, and, and see how people react to it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can test market on on the fly now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a game changer. And you know, going back to the president elect. Like it or not, I mean, I think I've been amazed that that there hasn't been more talk about how social media has just revolutionized the landscape of um, of how people are are doing things now. Their eyeballs are everywhere. There's yeah. not there's no one place that you can go now and become a superstar. You can't go on Johnny Carson and become a star comedian because he asked you to sit down. Those days are gone. Yeah, you know, the, there's there's opportunities and of course there's risks because you know sometimes you know people can get into a bit of an echo chamber where maybe there's so many voices they don't hear any of them yeah yeah well and this whole notion of curating content it's so easy for us on social media now to refine what we get fed so that it completely perpetuates our own worldview if we want to right and therein lies the challenge right is, you know, I mean, and maybe that's, you know, going back to some of the questions you asked before, maybe that's one of the other things. Like, you know, sometimes it, you don't have to agree with someone else's opinion, but it doesn't hurt to find out, like, where they're coming from. You know, I mean, like, some of the people, like, there was a guy, I think he was thrown off a Delta Airlines flight for raising a ruckus. Um, and, you know, he and I think he was in support of the president-elect. And on one hand, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't endorse his actions, but definitely, definitely sounded like someone who felt like he hadn't been heard in a long time. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, sometimes if you take a step back, like you said, like only like looking at or listening to the people you agree with, you know, sometimes if you like really listen to what some people are saying, you realize that you don't have to agree with what they're saying, but you can kind of understand why they're saying it. Yeah. Do you, uh, with your desire to be positive and, and, and really kind of being on top of what's going on in the industry, are there any outlets that you follow places where you, you feel like you get really good, different views on things and you get a positive message? Uh, anything that you'd recommend to my listeners? Oh, this is going to sound really terrible, but I'm going to tell the truth. You know, I actually disengage from a lot of the news until I, you know, and, and until something rises up to being like important enough for me to have to deal with. Um, I mean, I paid like I pay vague attention to the markets because I, I have investments and stuff from having sold a business before. Um, but I find there's a lot of the news cycle that for a long time I was a I was a real news junkie for a lot of years. Um, and, and then I realized that like, sometimes I'm like, God, I'm just so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized like, well, because I'm worried about getting Ebola and Zika and, you know, <laughs> and I was, I, and you know, or Y2K going back a few years. Um, you know, so I mean, I had all these concerns, right. And, um, in the last couple of years, I've really started to unplug more, um, with regard to that, those sort of things, because, you know, I don't want to be the guy that gets flattened by, you know, an incoming um, comet or something, but, 
I mean, for all the time, you know, people spend worrying about things in the news cycle. And this is just a decision I've made for me, right? Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to work for everyone else. I try to focus on the things I'm like my family and my business and the people I come in contact with and all the things that are in the news about how the world's ending tomorrow. Yeah. If it does, then I'm sure someone will notify me. <laughs> oh, that's great. That, 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 that is a, probably the best piece of advice is knowing when to disengage because it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed and anxious if you pay attention to everything. Um, I wanted to, before we were, we're about out of time, Tim, and I wanted to give you a chance to say a little bit about Social Jukebox, because it's a pretty cool concept. Um, would you share just a little bit about it? Well, let me just try to quickly tell the story. I mean, I came out with a book in 2013, um, the book you mentioned, Alphabet Success, and I got onto Twitter trying to build a platform to get people interested in my book. Um, which I found out that the first challenge is writing the book. The second challenge is getting anyone to actually be interested in it. Um, and so I was posting and posting and posting, and I thought, man, this is just like incredible. You know, so I learned about some of the tools where you could schedule things. But because a lot of the p- content I was posting was evergreen content, um, I ended up contacting um, the guy that used to be head of IT for, my, um, for the company I sold, um, Omega Insurance Services. And... He ended up building this thing, and it was built just for me from the beginning. I had no, I had no idea this was going to turn to anything more than just something that would make my life a little more convenient. But as like people would start saying to me, Tim, you know, it's amazing. You must never sleep. You're always on social media, and you know. And I started sharing with you, like, well, I'm actually not. I have this thing that you know takes care of it for me, and then people were more and more interested. So. Um, in February of 2015, um, I, you know, put it out as a Twitter product, and we got a lot of free users, and then we had people start paying for it. So, from the beginning, it was Tweet Jukebox, um, and it was just for Twitter. Um, and then, as we were kind of growing over the past year, we added Facebook and LinkedIn. And what it does is it takes evergreen content that you want to share with your audience, um, and it doesn't have to be the only thing you post. It could be, you know, kind of like just to make sure you have something there in case you get caught up doing something else. Um, but it gives you an opportunity, as I said, I, I think it's great to be strategic um, and it's great to be consistent. I mean, there's probably no better guarantee of growing your audience than being sure that you have something going out um, often enough that like you're, you're in people's, um, you know, kind of, um, you're, you're within their view. You're, you know, you have, you know, they're aware, you know, that you're there. Um, so, I mean, that, that really, to me, is, is the purpose of the tool, is, um, is to free you up to do the more important thing, which is, I mean, social jukebox scales, right? You can, you, know, you can put tons of content in it, and it just runs. I mean, it's a machine. But it allows you to do the human thing, which is interact, and or create content that's meaningful to your audience. Um, and I find when you're busy with the mechanical things, like, you know, scheduling posts and things like that, because none of your audience cares how it got there. Like when somebody's watching a movie on TV, nobody, nobody's like prying things open to figure out the intricacies of how it made it to their TV set. You know, they're interested in what's being broadcast. Right. So, um, I think that's, that's, that's really the thing. I mean, if you, if you want to say that social media has become our own version of kind of the newspaper and, um, you know, like we have our own, like 
our own private media networks now. I mean, this is an opportunity to have somebody kind of running the studio, uh, putting out the content you've either created or curated while you're busy doing more of that. Because what gets rewarded is the quality of the curation or, or creation. Right. The distribution doesn't, doesn't get very well rewarded. Those are great, great, great take-home messages. For any of the listeners out there that are wanting to make social media more of a strategic tool for them, um, I just want to reiterate the message that Tim shared about consistency is really important, being out there. Um, it's important that um, you're strategic with your message and the, that um, to accomplish those requires automation so that you can spend your time doing what you do best and adding the kind of value that you bring, which is your ability to bring together and curate great content and add value to people's lives. So, again, I want to put in a plug for Social Jukebox, and I'm, I want to hook up LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't have those hooked up yet, so I'm ready to do this after uh, we're done. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm going to wrap up. Is there anything last uh, – we've gone in a variety of different directions, and I just so appreciate your wisdom and, and candor on this. Is there any last, uh, last things you'd share with the audience about how to keep things positive? I would just say, you know, especially going into the holidays, that, you know, uh, remember most people don't get out of bed, you know, wanting to do anything wrong to you. And um, very often people are just trying to blow off steam. So if you if you can take things with a kind of a grain of salt or a, a light, take them in a more lighthearted way, um, it'll, it'll probably make the holidays a lot more enjoyable. It'll make your Christmas a little merrier, your Hanukkah a little happier. Tim, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, your time with your triplets uh, to to help my listeners turn social media drama into positive energy. Well, thank you, Nate, for having me on. You're welcome. And a reminder to everyone, check out Social Jukebox. Follow Tim on Twitter, uh, buy Alphabet Success on Amazon. And thanks to all of you out there for listening and downloading my podcasts. And as usual, if you have ideas or people that you want to connect with me and for me to connect with our audience, drop me a line. You can find contact info on my company website at nextelement.com. Goodbye to everyone and have a wonderful day.